Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. <laughs> it's true. Laughter is strong medicine. According to helpguide.org, laughter draws people together in ways that trigger healthy physical and emotional changes in the body. Laughter strengthens your immune system, boosts mood, diminishes pain, and protects you from the damaging effects of stress. Nothing works faster or more dependably to bring your mind and body back into balance than a good laugh. Humor lightens your burdens, inspires hope, connects you to others, keeps you grounded, focused, and alert. It also helps you release anger and forgive sooner. With so much power to heal and renew, the ability to laugh easily and frequently is a tremendous resource for surmounting problems, enhancing your relationships, and supporting both physical and emotional health. Best of all, this priceless medicine is fun, free, and it's easy to use. As children, we used to laugh hundreds of times a day, but as adults, life tends to be more serious and laughter more infrequent. But by seeking out more opportunities for humor and laughter, you can improve your emotional health, strengthen your relationships, and find greater happiness, even add years to your life, they say. Laughter relaxes the whole body. A good, hearty laugh relieves physical tension and stress, leaving your muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes after. Laughter boosts the immune system. Laughter decreases stress hormones and it increases uh, immune cells and, and infection-fighting antibodies, thus improving your resistance to disease. Laughter triggers the release of endorphins, the body's natural feel-good chemicals, Endorphins promote an overall sense of well-being and can even temporarily relieve pain. Laughter protects the heart. Laughter improves the function of blood vessels, increases blood flow, which can help protect you against a heart attack and other cardiovascular problems. Laughter burns calories. It's not a replacement for going to the gym, but one study found that Laughing for 10 to 15 minutes a day can burn approximately 40 calories. And that would be enough to lose three or four pounds over the course of a year. Laughter lightens anger's heavy load. Nothing diffuses anger and conflict faster than a shared laugh. Looking at the funny side can put problems into perspective and enable you to move on from confrontations without holding on to bitterness or resentment. Laughter can even help you live longer. A study in Norway found that, 
that people with a strong sense of humor outlived those who don't laugh as much. The difference was particularly notable for those that were battling cancer. Laughter is our birthright, a natural part of life that is innate and inborn. Infants begin smiling during the first weeks of life and laugh out loud within months of being born. Even if you did not grow up in a household where laughter was a common sound, you can learn to laugh at any stage of life. Begin by setting aside special times to seek out humor and laughter as you might with exercising and build from there. Eventually, you'll want to incorporate humor and laughter into the fabric of your life, finding it naturally in everything. Here are some ways to start. Smile. Smiling is the beginning of laughter, and like laughter, it's contagious. When you look at someone or see something even mildly pleasing, practice smiling. Instead of looking down at your phone, look up and smile at people you pass in the street. You know, the person serving you your morning coffee or the co-workers you share an elevator with. And notice the effect it has on others. Count your blessings. Literally make a list. The simple act of considering the positive aspects of your life will distance you from negative thoughts that block humor and laughter. And when you're in a state of sadness, you have further to travel to reach humor and laughter. When you hear laughter, move toward it. Sometimes humor and laughter are private, a shared joke among a small group, but usually not. More often, people are very happy to share something funny because it gives them an opportunity to laugh again and feed off the humor that you find in it. When you hear laughter, seek it out and ask, what's so funny? Spend time with fun, playful people. These are people who laugh easily, both at themselves and at life's absurdities, and who routinely find the humor in everyday events. Their playful point of view and laughter are contagious. Even if you don't consider yourself a lighthearted, humorous person, you can still seek out people who like to laugh and make others laugh. Every comedian appreciates an audience. Bring humor into your conversations. Ask people, what's the funniest thing that happened to you today or this week or maybe in your entire life? Well, let's give it a try. A pastor caught three small children stealing oranges from his tree. Do you know what the Bible says about thieves, he asked? Yes, sir, one of the boys answered. You will be with me in paradise. Did I make you laugh? Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. In Philippians chapter 4, in verses 4 and 5. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Have you ever thought of joy as a command? Rejoice in the Lord. What a splendid attitude to bring into worship. Rejoice. You're in God's house. It's time to lay aside your worries, lay aside your heartaches, be done with your resentments, dry your tears, forget about your hurts. Focus on Christ and rejoice. Easier said than done. 
perhaps that is God's will for us. Rejoice. Now, remember, these words were written by a man who had somehow learned to put life into perspective. Paul knew better than any of us that life can be difficult. He had been beaten for his faith, shipwrecked, imprisoned, but he knew that Christ is greater than any adversary, any painful emotion, any remembered hurt. He is not rejoicing because of a positive mental attitude. He is not rejoicing because he's okay and we're okay. He is rejoicing because he knows that God is in control. It's not just any kind of cheerful good mood. He is rejoicing in the Lord. Because look at what he says next. He writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Now that's a strange progression of thoughts. What has gentleness to do with rejoicing? Now, scholars tell us that Paul is using an interesting ancient Greek word, epikeia. I'm not sure it's how it's pronounced. It's translated gentleness here. Other translations of that same Greek word are patience, softness, modesty, uh, forbearance. It's not the gentleness that comes from weakness. It's the gentleness that comes from an, an internal source of strength. So the scholars say this is Paul's version of what Peter, we read in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, in speaking of Christ. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Have you ever heard it said that it's not what happens to us that matters in life, but how we react to what happens to us? I mean, for example, we say, you make me so angry. Well, the truth is that you don't have the power to make me angry. I make myself angry in response to what you've done. What Paul is saying is that we cannot allow our external environment to determine our internal joy. I mean, how do you rejoice when people are hurling insults at you and you're suffering physical abuse? To do that, well, you have to see the big picture. You have to be focused on more than the hardship of the moment. In 1945, Branch Rickey, manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, made the radical decision to integrate the sport of professional baseball by recruiting a very talented African-American player named Jackie Robinson. Robinson's athletic skills were outstanding, but Rickey knew that this young man would need more than great skills to make it in the all-white major leagues. He needed the strength of character to stand up to the racism and abuse he would face from other players, fans, and even from his own teammates. To show Jackie what he could expect, 
Branch Rickey began to act out the various racist behavior that Robinson would have to endure. He acted the part of the rude hotel clerks, apathetic waiters, violent teammates, racist fans. He called Robinson vile names and shoved him, threw a punch in him. Throughout all this time, Jackie Robinson stood tall and refused to respond. When the demonstration was over, Branch Rickey handed Jackie Robinson a book which was entitled The Life of Christ by Giovanni Papini. Ricky turned to a passage about Jesus' most revolutionary teaching, according to the author. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 38. You have heard it that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. Jackie Robinson took these words to heart. He made it to the major leagues, where he became legendary for his athletic skills and for his integrity in face of prejudice. In 2005, President George W. Bush awarded the Congressional Gold Medal to Rachel Robinson, Jackie's widow, for her husband's bravery and his character in changing the face of professional sports. How do you maintain grace in the face of provocation? Well, in the same way, you maintain joy in the midst of grief. You keep your eye fixed on the big picture. God is in control. There is no adversary that can defeat Christ. He's the reason we rejoice. In a hospital bed, we can rejoice. By a graveside, we can rejoice. During the breakup of a marriage, we can rejoice. We are in God's hands. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Now notice what Paul says next. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. The second necessity for rejoicing is in an attitude of gratitude. For the follower of Christ, thanksgiving is not a response to momentary circumstances, but to the eternal gift of God's love. There is a quaint old story, a short story, probably written in the early 1900s, entitled His First Step. The story chronicles the trials of a seven-year-old boy named Tucker. Tucker has spent the last two years of his life hospitalized for severe leg injuries after a horseback riding accident. One of 
Tucker's greatest joys is seeing his father, Jim, every visiting day. Sadly, the other children notice that Tucker doesn't have a mother. They remind him of this fact. One child thoughtlessly remarks that even if Tucker's father, Jim, marries again, Tucker will never have a real mother because a real mother shares the same blood as her child. Every night, Tucker prays for a mother to love him the way he had seen other mothers love their children. His greatest comfort besides his father is Nurse Lacey. She fusses over Tucker just like he was her own. One night, Tucker suffers a serious fall while trying to take his first steps after his long recovery. When he awakes, his father gives him good news. His father, Jim, tells him that he's decided to marry Nurse Lacey, the gentle nurse who has taken such good care of him. And as Tucker reaches to hug Nurse Lacey, he notices a small white bandage on her arm. Well, the same bandage as on one of his arms. Nurse Lacey tells Tucker that he lost a lot of blood in the fall, and it was fortunate that she shared his same blood type. She had given him a transfusion of her own blood in order to save his life. And little Tucker thanked God for answering his prayers and giving him a real mother, one who shared his own blood. In the same way that Tucker was grateful for a mother who shared his blood, Paul was grateful that we have a blood brother in Christ. It is faith in Christ and his sacrifice upon the cross that is the foundation of all thanksgiving. We need to understand this. Otherwise, we fall into a very familiar trap. Things are going our way and we say, God has really blessed me. I am so thankful. But what do we do when life does not go our way? Are we relieved of the burden of thanksgiving? Should we scream at God for letting us down? If we do, we are revealing a very human, but also very immature faith. Like our joy, gratitude for the follower of Christ is not based in external circumstances, but in our knowledge of God's love for us. God is in control. So Paul writes, the Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We are grateful because we know God can handle any situation and God loves us totally, completely, and everlastingly. One more thing we need to see from this text. Notice that this message was written to a church. It could have been written to an individual, but it was written to a community of faith. This too is important. Christians rejoice because God is in control. Christians rejoice because Christ's cross shows us God's heart, but Christians also rejoice because they are part of Christ's body. You remember that story of the, old, of the man who had been out of church for some time? 
While his pastor talked to him about this, he walked over to the fireplace and pulled a log from the fire. Together they watched as the log gradually cooled until it no longer glowed at all. That's what happens to us, said the pastor, when we are away from the community of faith. Someone has said, misery loves company, but joy requires it. I think what a beautiful insight. Misery loves company, but joy requires it. Joy requires company, community, connectedness. Think about those really happy moments in your life. Those moments that make you feel almost giddy just thinking about them. Were you alone? Or did you share that event with someone else? We can have many satisfying experiences by ourselves, but to experience joy, we almost have to be in the company of at least one other person. That's why worship is so satisfying to our souls. That's why serving others can be a joyous experience. Anytime we move out of ourselves and connect with another human being in the name of Christ, joy is possible. We're talking about joy. I mean, real joy, lasting joy. I mean, we can go to an amusement park and be happy for a little while. But when we come home, we sink back into our feeling of melancholy, our feeling that somehow we've missed the meaning of it all. For joy to be real, we need to share it with someone else. When Paul says to us, rejoice, he's not talking about a temporary happy fix that is passing. He's talking about joy that is lasting and all-pervading. It comes from our belief that God is in control of the world. Our gratitude for what Christ Jesus has done in our behalf and for our participation in the family of Christ. You and I, we are called to rejoice in the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, thank you for laughter and joy that are part of each and every one of us. Father, may we tap into that. May we recognize that our joy is not regulated by external circumstances, but our joy is grounded in the fact that you are our God, that you love us, and that one day soon Jesus will come to take us home. Bless each and every viewer, Heavenly Father. Bless those that struggle with happiness. Bring joy into their lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. At the end of each program, we like to offer a resource to our viewers and that can help them better understand God and his will for our lives. And today we have a book that I'm not sure we've ever offered it before. It is called God's Truth Can Change Your Life. It is written by a dear friend of mine, a gentleman by the name of Dr. George Knight. You're going to love this book. 
It is really something. Searching for life's meaning is universal. Let this resource help you find meaning for your life. Now, this book is a gift, which means it will arrive at your home by mail, postage paid, no obligation whatsoever on your part. It's a gift. How do you request your book? Listen carefully to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for joining us. And if I can just make an appeal here to have you circulate our program with friends and family so that they can become faithful watchers of the program also. Now, some of you may have family or friends that live outside of the area where our program broadcasts. That's okay. Here's what you do. Send them the link to our website, l4ltv.com, because through the website, they can have access to every program we have ever aired. They're all listed there. While on the website, check out some of the other tabs there where you can request the offer online. You can find out about joining a study group. I have other topics there that are under archived sermons, different lectures I've given on what happens to us when we die, who or what, you know, is 666. You can see those. There's a video presentation and then there's a, a downloadable handout that you can also have to further your study on those particular topics. On the website, there is also a live appearances page where I'll be appearing live and a Donate Today tab. You can make a donation straight from the website to help allow us to keep this program on the air. We are a charitable organization, so you, your donation will be eligible for tax-deductible receipt. Every penny that is sent to us goes back into the ministry, paying for the airtime, the offers, the gifts we give out, the studio time. None of that money comes to me in salary or any kind of a bonus. It all gets put right back into the ministry. And so I wanted you to know that. Uh, our presence on social media. Hey, follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a uh, one-minute devotional video goes out. Great way to start your day. Like our Facebook page. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter. An audio version will be available on SoundCloud within about 
half an hour of the end of this program. You can download the audio, you can carry it with you. One last thing before we go. Visit missionnowcanada.com, that website, because that is the part of our ministry that goes overseas and does humanitarian work, you know, commonly referred to as mission trips. You want to join us on one? Hey, that's a great way to find out. Get on the mailing list and we will be in touch with you when we're heading out on our next mission trip. We are rapidly running out of time. Let me thank you again for joining us. Let's do this again next time. I hope you'll join us. God bless you. We'll see you then.